You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazing caribou studios. Why so tense, Potter? My father and I have a bet, you see. I don't think you're going to last ten minutes in this tournament. He disagrees. He thinks he won't last five. I don't give a damn what your father thinks, Malfoy. <laughs> He's vile and cruel, and you're a pathetic. Pathetic? Oh, no, you don't, Sonny! I teach you to curse someone when their back is turned. You stinking, cowardly, scummy, back-shooting. What are you doing? Teaching. <laughs> is, that a, is that a student? Technically, it's a ferret. No! <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name's Paul, and I'm not an animal expert. I am Donna, and I am also coincidentally not an animal expert. Today, we are going to talk about (laughs) ferrets. But first, listener mail. All right, we got some listener mail to check in with. The first one is an email from Paxton, and he says, Hi, my name is Paxton. I'm seven years old. I love your podcast. I listen to your show every night. I think you should do Harpy Eagles. Thank you very much. Well, Paxton, we I have never heard of a Harpy Eagle, so now I am intrigued, and thank you so much for listening to our show. Yeah, thank you so much. I was actually going to ask you, Donna, if you knew what a Harpy Eagle was. Never I, heard, of, never it. heard it, of it. It sounds like a World of Warcraft mob. <laughs> 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 you must kill ten Harpy Eagles and take their spleens. <laughs> Here's a little comment on Facebook. Hey, Paul, this is Parker. I have a request for the show because I love it so much. Could you talk about parrots, please? And he spells please, P-L-Z, all caps. That's because he's young and edgy. Yep. (laughs) Penguins are my fave, but you already talked about them. My mom is going to play that for me next. Well, we hope you enjoyed the penguins episode. I think parrots are a great idea for an episode. Super duper. We did lovebirds, which is a kind of little parrot, but it'd be fun to do parrots in general, I think. Yep. I think we should. I think so, too. Put it on the list. Kapow! We're putting it on the list. Okay, we have another email. Hi there, Paul and Donna. I just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying the show and find it very entertaining, especially the one about chickens. We loved the chickens (laughs) show. My wife and I are free-range livestock farmers, and we raise chicken for both meat and eggs, and she loves her chickens. I'm sure that if I bought her a 3,000-pound chicken statue for our front lawn, she would love it. Now that's romance. (laughs) I was going to suggest that you do a livestock herding dogs as a topic, and if you think it would make a good standalone episode. Thank you for the great show, and keep up the good work. I do think herding dogs would make a great episode, actually. 
Well, we'll put it on the list. I, I'm, I'm intrigued by them as well. Yeah, they're neat. I really like. Yeah, they are. All right, we got another Facebook thing. Paul, do yes, the honors, please. This is very funny. Yeah, we got this message on Facebook. Uh, she was listening to the Komodo Dragons episode while she was stuck in traffic, and um, she had this to say. My little brother actually had one of those nasty animals living in his room when we were kids, a Komodo dragon. She says mom made him donate it to the Virginia Living Museum when she realized how gigantic and disgusting it was becoming. Seriously, it was growing to extreme sizes and loud, it was ugly. <laughs> she goes, anywho, I'm heading off topic. My point is, thanks for the pod. The drive was made better. Plus, it made me think back to those crazy times of my youth, and it even encouraged me to call and leave a message for said male sibling. We didn't even know that was what it was until we went to the Living Museum talking about the Komodo Dragon. Right. And by the way, that was really cool that uh, our podcast, you know, inspired you to call your brother. That's really, really cool. Yes. Now call your mom. <laughs> <laughs> she says, we didn't even know what it was until it went to the Living Museum. They assessed it. They came back shocked at what it was. The thought was maybe it was shipped to the pet store as a mistake. Honestly, my brother was into creepy animals, and he could have illegally ordered it for all I know. Because I reached out to her and I said, how the heck did you get a Komodo dragon? You can't just go to the pet store and get one of those. He would literally go visit it at the museum. He would go see his little Komodo dragon. The museum was happy, and that sucker got huge and was mean as hell. I'll ask him to send pictures. Yes, please do that. Yeah, I totally want to see him. Yeah. Part of my call to him today was, wasn't that thing eventually found out to be a Komodo? He said, yep, and laughed his butt off. My mother was furious. She then implemented the no new animal policy. I swear that thing would have eaten our dog had it gotten out. Yeah, it would have. <laughs> it would have eaten it would have. all the things in the it neighborhood. It would have eaten you. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Yeah. Everything would have been eaten. That's funny. And, you know, it probably was illegally purchased by somebody. Not necessarily oh, yeah. her brother. brother. Sounds like her brother didn't know what the heck it was. It was just some little lizard. But if a pet store was offering it up for sale, it was at some point purchased illegally down the line. Because that's... Uh, yeah, it was... The pet store owner was probably some sketchy dude with ties to the black market pet trade, I guess. Yeah. If there is such a well, thing. Well, I mean, it might not... It, I think there is. Uh, there, No, there totally is. And actually, now that I think about it, I should probably rewind what I said. It might not be illegal now that I think about it. I mean, later on, when we talk about one of the big cats uh, down the line a few months from now, we will talk about the captive wildlife crisis in this country. And one of the problems is that it, uh, buying a lot of these wild animals isn't illegal now that I think about it. So, yeah, maybe it was a completely legal, legal purchase at the time. But a bad idea. Not all things that are legal are good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Can you no, imagine indeed. if your little boy brought home this little lizard and then... Like a couple of months later, it's this. <laughs> it ate all the hamsters and all the goldfish and both of the cats. <laughs> well, according to this listener, and I, if I, I could be remembering this wrong, but after the Komodo dragon incident, there was no dogs, no cats, no nothing allowed in the house. Like there was no pets. Yeah, she said she implemented a no new animal policy. <laughs> Well, I guess it was just a, maybe with her particular son, you know, how some children are just stubborn. Yep. <laughs> you just have to say 100% no, nothing, never, nope. 
Because the next <laughs> day he brought home like a rhino, you know. Oh yeah. Can I keep him? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> rhino. He did. He found a baby rhino somewhere in a pet shop and was like, "Oh, he's so cute. Let's bring him home." And his name is Bubbles, and I want to keep him. <laughs> <laughs> be a rhino sitting on the couch watching television with them. This kid isn't allowed to wa bring home any more pets. <laughs> anyway, we love your email, so just a reminder, go to blazingcariboustudios.com for a link to our audio and our show notes for today's very silly episode, and we are also on Twitter and at Instagram at Varmint's Podcast, all one word, and at Varmint's Podcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, suggestions, if you like the show, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a nice little rating and review. And now, let's learn about ferrets, which are really super cute and cool. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? We are blathering about ferrets today. The ferret is the domesticated form of the European polecat, and it is a mustelid, which puts it in the same family as wolverines, otters, and badgers, all of which we've done shows on. So when you're done here, go give a listen to the one of those episodes if you haven't done so already. Uh, ferrets typically have brown, black, white, or mixed fur. They have an average length of about 20 inches or about 51 centimeters. They have an average length of 51 centimeters or 20 inches, including a 13 centimeter or 5.1 inch long tail. And they weigh between a pound and a half to four pounds or 0.7 to two kilograms and a natural lifespan of seven to 10 years. Several other mustelids have the word ferret in their common names, uh, including an endangered species, the black-footed ferret, which we'll talk about in a little bit. We don't know when or where ferrets were domesticated, but it's pretty likely that ferrets have been domesticated for at least 2,000 years, maybe 3,000 years. In some parts of the world, they are still used for hunting rabbits, but increasingly they're just pretty much kept as pets. And here in the United States, they've only been popular as pets for about the last 30 years. Since they are so closely related to polecats, ferrets easily hybridize with them. And so in certain parts of the world, like New Zealand, there is a feral colony of polecat ferret hybrids that are doing a lot of damage. So like in New Zealand, you cannot keep a ferret as a pet. And even in certain parts of the United States, you either cannot keep a ferret or you have to have a special permitting to do that. And we'll talk about the pet thing a little bit later on too. The word ferret comes from late Middle English, which is based on the old French fure, which is based on the late Latin word furo, which means thief. And the Latin name for the domesticated ferret is Mustela putorius furo, which literally means smelly little thief. <laughs> <laughs> Latin's so fun. <laughs> they didn't hold back on that one. They didn't give it a very uh, complimentary name. You smelly little thieves. Oh, that's funny. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 
Uh, ferrets are hilarious. Um, I'm going to talk about the adaptation that they have. The domestic ferret has kept the weasel war dance. I don't know if you've ever seen this, Paul. The weasel war dance is a behavior that excited ferrets display. It's a series of crazy little hops all over the place. They're like, bing, 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 back and forth and sideways and stuff. And it usually happens after they have done something exciting, like captured a toy or stolen something successfully, <laughs> like a shoe. Ferrets love shoes. Um, the wild species of ferrets and weasels and stoats, all the different mustelids that are related to the ferret, they all do this little dance. And in the wild, it seems to be about confusing or disorienting prey items. I don't know that anybody's particularly certain about that, but that's the general idea. But there's one thing that it has in common uh, with all the different species is that it's universally hilarious like fall on your butt funny <laughs> so funny ferrets are yes. the domestic ones when they start <laughs> doing their little war dance they do a little chuckling talky thing or like duh, 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 while they do it and uh ferret owners call this dukin dukin they're dukin dukin because it sounds like they're going duke, 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 duke. and uh it's it's just super funny and they're not known as the most graceful critters so they'll fall off of stuff while they're doing it and just <laughs> bounce around and it's very silly i found this amazing wonderful video on youtube where somebody had put together a bunch of ferret doing the war dance footage with the footloose song <laughs> oh i did not see that <laughs> That is amazing. Oh, I just sat there and laughed so hard. It's so funny. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes for sure. Yep. Weasel War Dance. Super duper cool. Awesome. I wanted to talk a little bit about the black-footed ferret. I mentioned them before. Uh, we're recording this on National Endangered Species Day, and the black-footed ferret is the most endangered species in all of North America. And it is an animal that is completely reliant on a healthy population of prairie dogs for its survival. In fact, prairie dogs make up about 90% of a black-footed ferret's diet. Now, as ferrets go, the black-footed ferret is on the small to average side, and very often the prairie dogs that they're preying on are a bit larger. So the question is, how do they take down a prairie dog? Well, first of all, black-footed ferrets are nocturnal, and prairie dogs are diurnal, so they hunt at night when the prairie dogs are sleeping, and that's a huge advantage. But also these ferrets, like all ferrets and all mustelids, have adapted these non-retractable claws for grasping and digging and for holding on to the prairie dog, and very, very powerful jaws and teeth. And prairie dogs really don't have any of these weapons at all. They're just kind of big pieces of meat. Yep, their weapon is making more prairie dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the reason that black-footed ferrets are in such trouble is because they're losing their habitat. There are actually human-introduced diseases to both prairie dogs and black-footed ferrets that they're succumbing to, and indirect poisoning from prairie dog control measures. So people want to build on a piece of land and they want to get rid of the prairie dogs and they poison the prairie dogs and then they in turn poison the black-footed ferrets, which is terrible. They're all completely preventable things. The scientific term that describes the relationship that black-footed ferrets have with prairie dogs is obligate dependence, which is a fancy way of saying that if there is no prairie dogs, there is no black-footed ferrets. That is how dependent they are on them. 
And we did a wonderful interview with Dr. Seth Magley a few months ago about prairie dogs. So if you haven't heard that, you can go to blazingcariboustudios.com and listen to our prairie dogs episode and learn a little bit more about those cute little buggers. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting little animal. And I was looking into it a little bit more this morning because I want to find a video of them for the show notes. And did you know that when they started the reintroduction program, there were 18 left in the wild? I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. There are now something like 300 in captivity and 500 in the wild. So they're coming back, but... Man, that is still not very much for their range. It's not great, and it's, you know, we're talking about a couple of decades here of trying to reintroduce them where this animal would have been in the, you know... Probably in the millions at some point. I mean, I don't know how far back in time you have to go before you get a, you know, a stable population and what that would have been. But, uh, yeah, 500 in the wild now or so. So it's two things. It's a good story because it shows that when we dedicate ourselves to reintroduction, it can be, it can work, but we really need to stop doing these things to our animals, our wildlife. It's, uh, you know. You're like, oh, we got to get rid of the prairie dogs. Yeah, well, you're going to kill a lot of other species. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dr. Seth is doing a good job of trying to educate people yeah. to just live with the prairie dogs, deal with them, and and so many other things are dependent on those little little creatures that, yeah. you know, especially black-footed ferrets. Holy cow. Yes. Yeah. That's a pretty amazing thing. So, yeah. yep. Really cool. Do listen to the cool. Prairie Dogs episode if you didn't hear it, because that was a really interesting little talk. So, yeah. Yep. Hey, all right. It, it is disclaimer time. The Varmints Podcast knows that it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence, but then we only really have the yardstick of ourselves to go by, so we are going to do it anyway. Nee, 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 nee. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. On a scale of 1 to 10, intelligence for ferrets, I gave him a 7, actually. I gave him pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. Everything I read indicated that they are somewhere in between a domesticated dog or cat and a primate. And primates are pretty smart. Yeah. they. I didn't see anything that was a scientific study about ferret intelligence, particularly. It doesn't mean there isn't one. I just I didn't find one. And uh, I kind of thought just from reading pet stories of people who have ferrets and stuff that they seem to be amazing little escape artists. They're burrowers and tunnelers and lock pickers and artisan shoe thieves. (laughs) 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 And uh, our listeners that keep chickens will, will tell us how difficult it is to keep weasels out of your chicken coop. So yeah. <laughs> or I don't know how many species we have in the United States of that, but uh, Europeans would definitely know about it. So, and they, sure. yeah, they seem like they're pretty good at at causing mayhem, which always, uh, not always, but sometimes indicates that they've got a pretty high intelligence because they can get around what humans want them to do, which is really fun. Right, yeah. and everything I read was fairly anecdotal too. There wasn't really anything scientific, but down the line, ferret owners think that ferrets are really, really smart and capable of solving problems and getting themselves out of jams and figuring out how to get into the container of treats up on the fridge and all that good stuff. Um, It wasn't like the chameleons forum where everybody, you know, one person was like, my chameleon's smart. And the next person was like, my chameleon's an idiot. No, everybody thinks that ferrets are pretty intelligent. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Choo-choo. Crazy smart little guys. Well, we are going to 
They're smart little fellas. All right, we are going to talk about pop culture and a couple other things, but we're going to do that right after this commercial. Do you love horses? So do we. Hi, I'm John Hare, host of the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. We love talking about horses. We talk about horse training, horse health, and horse gear. We talk to famous horsemen like Clinton Anderson, Martin Black, and Warwick Schiller. And we talk to regular people trying to build a better relationship with their horse. We talk about traveling with your horse. And we take you to the places we take our horses. Join us each week for the Woe Podcast about horses. Find us at woepodcast.com on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Now let's go have some fun with your horse. And now for something completely different. Hey, you know, me and Donna, we're just a couple of nerds like you, and we don't see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk a little bit about where we see them most of the time on movies, TV, and video games. I'm going to start with a thing that is an actual sport. I cannot believe this exists. It sounds like a made-up thing, but it is not. There is a sport called ferret legging. <laughs> it's a pub sport. It's it, There's differing accounts of where it originated. People seem to think that it originated with miners in uh, England and Scotland. <laughs> yeah, if you want to play the home version, here's how you do it. Now, there is a uniform. The uniform is long pants that can be tightened up at the legs and waist. That's it. You can wear anything else you want, but you cannot wear underwear. You can't wear any sort of protection for any part of your body below the waist. Okay? Mm. Now, the next bit of equipment that you're going to need is a ferret. And you must be sober. The ferret must be sober. That's the rules. The ferret has to have all its claws and all its unfiled uh, natural teeth in its mouth. And you're going to need one other thing. You're going to need a person with a stopwatch. So after that, the rules are pretty simple. You insert the ferret into your pants. You tighten the waistband of your pants so that the ferret cannot escape. And you stand there and you take it for as long as you can. <laughs> oh my gosh. So silly. It, it started gaining popularity in the 1970s. I don't know if you looked this up beforehand or not. What would you guess the world record when this began in the 1970s? What was the world record for ferret legging? Three hours. The world record in 1972 was 40 seconds. Oh, okay. That was as long as the toughest guy could keep a ferret in his pants. <laughs> The new world record, the world record that is standing right now, set in 2010. This is still going on. Ferret legging is still a thing. Yeah. Five hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, you know me. I just looked up to see if it was abusive to the animal. That's all I cared about. But it isn't. They're fine. It isn't. I watched videos of it, and the ferrets don't seem to really mind. And they actually do, like climb out of the waistband and they get a breath of fresh air because you probably need that yeah. if you're down in somebody's pants <laughs> and they just they just shove them back in and they and you see this guy wearing pants with this big blob crawling around in them and it's pretty funny well it um, just sounds like something that they like to do anyway they like to tunnel and they like to burrow so they would probably do it in your pants at home if you let them right <laughs> if so. you let them sure so yeah if you're looking for a sport with a lot more agony of defeat than thrill of victory and you have a very high tolerance for pain, 
then ferret legging might be for you. I think we can't call it a sport, though. That's a cop-out, guys. That's a game, not a sport. (laughs) (laughs) You can't... If you can drink a beer and smoke a cigarette while you're doing it, it's not a sport, so... So that eliminates golf and bowling as well. That's are right. you are you willing to die on that hill? That's right. I'm going to die on that hill. I think I agree with you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that reminds me of when I lived in England. They had a watching darts ter- tournaments. Are hilarious. Sure. Because those guys are not a sport. No, not a sport. And they're smoking cigarettes and drinking beer and stuff. And the, the <laughs> announcers will be like, oh, these fine athletes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. That is hilarious. Well, what I'm going to talk about is uh, instead of, we couldn't really find anything movies or anything like that. Most of what's going on with ferrets is in print form. So I'm going to talk about my favorite little cartoon ferret his name is fungo squiggly and he is in the comic strip called get fuzzy i don't know if you've read get fuzzy get fuzzy is a cartoon which is chiefly about uh, bucky cat and satchel pooch and their owner rob and their hijinks that they get up to in their apartment every day and uh satchel pooch is a oh gosh i've forgotten already what the kind of dog is called the wrinkle dog what are they called? Oh, it's a Sharpay. There we go. Satchel, I think, is like a Sharpay, and he's not too bright, but he's super optimistic <laughs> and cute. And Bucky is sort of this cynical little, you know, he's a schemer and a, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he's a cat. So. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very Garfield. Uh, sort of. It's sort of Garfield on steroids a little bit. So. Like, All right. Um. So Fungo Swiggly is their neighbor's pet. He's a he's a ferret. He doesn't talk, so, um, but uh, he writes letters to them and stuff. And the, a lot of the time, Bucky spends time just trying to kill him. He thinks he's his nemesis, and he just wants to eliminate him. And he he ended up uh, <laughs> having a lot of adventures <laughs> with them. So I'm gonna just read from the cartoon wiki about fungo so you can kind of see the tone of this comic and it's definitely worthwhile getting into so when a new family moved into the apartment next door to rob they introduced fungo as their pet the amiable satchel made friends with the newcomer easily but bucky immediately regarded fungo as a mortal enemy no explanation is ever given to bucky's intense hatred for fungo save that fungo did seem a bit aggressive in their first meeting Although he whispers in Satchel's ear on occasion, Fungo does not usually speak audibly outside of his home. Bucky's attempts to kill and or humiliate Fungo almost invariably backfire, and often badly. For example, Bucky once tried to trap Fungo in a crude snare trap. Fungo yanked the rope, causing Bucky to smack into a wall, losing two teeth. (laughs) His trademark cuspid and lower right posterior molar. Bucky attempted to sue Fungo and took him to the TV show Judge Judy, where he inevitably lost. (laughs) To add insult to injury, Fungo was seen wearing (laughs) the smaller tooth on a necklace. When Bucky saw that, he charged at Fungo, only to be tackled by Satchel and have his fang break off yet again. Fungo likely still wears the small tooth around his neck to this day. Other plots have had similar outcomes, such as Fungo's kidnapping of Bucky's beloved toy, Smacky, twice. 
Another instance when Bucky destroyed a large portion of the wall in an attempt to get Fungo once and for all. However, all that Bucky got was a small chunk of plaster to the head thrown by Fungo. <laughs> One memorably misguided <laughs> attempt involved Buggy, or Bucky throwing a baseball at the ferret um, he took to be Fungo, and the ball struck Fungo's mother and knocked her down a garbage chute. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Furious, Fungo challenged Bucky to a duel. The two were to have a pie fight afterwards, but Rob broke it up as Fungo had filled his pie with tools. <laughs> <laughs> Another involved Bucky challenging Fungo <laughs> to a duel using a Miss Pretty Prom glove, only to have the duel broken up by Chubby Hugs. Chubby Hugs is like a really cheerful, happy kitty cat who loves, who's positive thinking and optimistic and stuff. Okay. And many of Fungo's aggression toward Bucky are simple reactions to the cat's attempted assaults, as Fungo does not seem to go looking for trouble. So um, definitely get into Get Fuzzy. Get Fuzzy is the comic book version of every Tom and Jerry cartoon you've ever seen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that, that sounds fantastic. It is a crazy comic, and it's so fun. So, yeah, Fungo Squiggly. Cool. Totally fun. Love him. I like to eat. I like to eat. I like to eat, too. I don't think I'd like to eat ferret, though. I think uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to draw the line at ferret this week. So can I ask a question? Why squirrel and not ferret? Why squirrel and not ferret? What's the difference? I think the difference is two words. Anal glands. <laughs> I don't think squirrels have anal glands. I don't think they probably but do. But I'm pretty sure ferrets do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't a lot of animals have anal glands, though? I think all the mustelids do, and I think... Well, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because I've heard of people eating squirrel before, and I've never heard of anybody eating a ferret. Hey, I'm not saying your answer has to be reasonable. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense at all. I'm just curious. <laughs> I don't know. They don't seem appetizing. Oh, good enough. And they seem very small. Like, yeah. Like you'd have to eat about three or four of them to fill you up. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Nah, they're not in the food box. I didn't figure they were. I've met too many as pets is probably the real answer for me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, it just so happens that today on our podcast, we have somebody who is sort of an expert about ferrets, at least about having one as a pet. And that happens to be... A family member of mine, Miss Veronica, my niece. Hello, Veronica. Hi, Veronica. Hello. Yep, we uh, we are in favor of nepotism at the Varmint's podcast, and we will use it every <laughs> chance we get. So. That's right. <laughs> so um, how long have you had ferrets, Veronica? I'm going to pretend I don't know um, these things because I have to almost, do that. Almost <laughs> uh, going on seven years. And why wow. did you uh, think that it would be a great idea to get a ferret? Ah, uh, that is because my husband really wanted a ferret. I, I uh, had heard things about how they smelled and how hard they could be to take care of and was not super thrilled by the idea of having a ferret, but my husband had always wanted one. This is before we were married, obviously. Um, and so... Uh, the combination of my husband and a pet store person who said we could train them not to, like, poop wherever they wanted and that they were actually very easy to care for convinced me. 
And how, how accurate was that information? Oh, so inaccurate. That was <laughs> absolutely <laughs> a lie. I... <laughs> that was not true at all. So the ferret just poops wherever it wants to? Yes. Um, yeah, oh, it's, no. it's, not, it's not the best. I'm a, my aunt can contest to the fact that I am an incredibly neat and kind of compulsive person about my environment which makes ferrets a little challenging um ferrets are often kept in cages we did with ours for a long time but ferrets are essentially mini cats like people think of them as rodents they're not they're muscleids um but uh they need so much outside of cage time and they get really they just don't like being in confined spaces like that and as our oldest ferret got to the point where he started having problems crawling up into his cage we just converted the bottom of our closet to be a ferret cage which is why there's no room in my closet <laughs> right. <laughs> right right so did they i had heard that they poop in the oh, corners yeah. um every ferret household that i've ever visited had a little mini corner litter box in the corner of the room do you guys we do that? used to um we used to have like seven of them, but ferrets are and I love my ferrets, but they will poop in front of it. Sometimes they'll actually poop in the litter box when they're in a good mood, but oftentimes they find the litter boxes to be irritating, so they'll just poop in the corner created by the litter box rather than in the litter box. Um, they're very messy, messy animals. <laughs> Especially if they're mad. We have our oldest ferret, Fezzik, who just turned six in March. Um, he uh, he is a temper, we're pretty sure. If he's mad at you, he'll look right at you, go into the middle of the room, and poop while he looks at you. So, oh my goodness. we're pretty sure that's intentional. <laughs> it might be a territory thing, like, this is mine, and I'm putting my I name so. on it, so to speak. Yeah, probably something <laughs> like that. He's really grumpy. You know what? You're not really selling me on the idea of having a ferret as a pet. Honestly, for most people, after having, bear in mind, four ferrets um, in over a six-year period, I don't recommend ferrets as a pet for most people, um, especially if you don't own your own home. I, to clarify, I love my ferrets. Um... There's a reason we had four, we chose to have four, but they're, they're a lot to take care of. Their vet bills get very expensive very quickly. They, they're, uh, they're very, very sweet, but they just kind of, they live their own lives. They're very, they, they love us, mom and dad are home, they like to snuggle, um, but like with dogs, they like to be around you all the time and playing with you. Ferrets are, I will let you know when I would like playtime. I will let right. you know when I want snuggle time. The rest of the time, I would like to take the soles out of your shoes, hide your jewelry, and <laughs> wander around the apartment at my leisure. And that's what I'm going to do. Where do you suggest people go if they really want to have a ferret as a pet? I think online forums are probably the best resource. Uh, the problem is, and this isn't really a problem, it's actually quite charming, is ferrets are such wonderful, lovable pets that when you go on these forums, you don't often see the comments like, oh my god, why, why did my ferret do this? Or, oh, this awful thing happened with them because ferrets are so adorable. So most forums are 
Look what Pinky did today. He's so fluffy. Aww. Uh, <laughs> but they're more honest than I think going to a pet store because a lot of people who work at pet stores have never owned ferrets. So they're sort of, I think, fed this uh, dialogue on what you're supposed to say about ferrets. And um, they just don't uh, often know what they're talking about. Like uh, Jacob and I, when we decided to get another ferret, um, that's a ferret we had to put down. Um, we did that because we had been doing research and all the research we read said ferrets are pair animals. You do not want just one ferret. They don't like it. They really need a mate that they can have around them and be friends with. Um, so that's why we ended up getting Olive. And then there just there were more than we had four. And then there <laughs> were more. Yes. And then the ferrets <laughs> multiplied. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. I really appreciate it. And, uh, I hope you had a good time oh, yes. with us. Yeah, thanks, Veronica. Nice to meet you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. All right, so we want to thank Donna's niece, V, for taking a little bit of time with us and telling us about what it's like having ferrets as pets. If you want to have a ferret as a pet, if you want to have any animal as a, as a pet, as always, we encourage you to do your homework. Talk to your veterinarian. Go online, learn as much as you can about this animal and what it takes to take care of the animal, especially ferrets, because ferrets don't live that long. And there are some end-of-life issues that we're not going to air because they're pretty dark and you have to deal with them when you have a ferret because they don't live very long. And uh, we didn't want to bum you guys out, so we left that stuff out. But yeah, get educated on ferrets if you're going to have one as a pet. Do your homework and... Uh, that way you'll be happy and the ferret will be happy. Yep, all animals. Got to think about from birth to to the end. And, uh, right. and especially with small animals, there are issues that don't happen with larger animals. So heads up, get informed, and uh, make sure that you definitely do your homework. And I want to thank my niece, especially for coming on my show. She is incredibly busy a very earnest person, one of the most noble people I know, and she is so busy, so incredibly busy, I couldn't believe she had time for us. So thank you, V. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. Hey, this show is brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo and music, as always, by Kevin McLeod. Thanks, guys. This week on the Rugrat Corner, Grayson has something to say about ferrets. Hi, I'm Grayson. So... What do you think about ferrets? So we're going to talk about ferrets today. Yeah. Tell, tell everybody what you think about ferrets. Are they cute? Yeah. You think ferrets are cute? Yeah. Yeah, what do they look like? The cat. They look like a cat? Yeah. Yeah, we say they play doggies. And they play doggies? Yeah, they play berry games. Do you want to have a ferret for a pet? Yeah. Yeah? What would you do with a ferret? I don't know. Would you cuddle it? Yeah. Yeah? It's so cute. Do you know anything else about ferrets? Um, no. Do you know what they eat? No. They eat meat. Do you eat meat? No. no, you don't. You say hi, Donna. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. You say hi to Donna. Hi to Donna. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Ah, he's so cute. Hi, Grayson. Thank you. Thank you, Grayson. <laughs> that was awesome. He and the so other cute. voice you heard was Katie Talmo. She is a co-host on the podcast 8-Bit Avenue, which is here on the Blazing Caribou Network. It's a really good podcast about video games, and we hope you go check that out. Yes, too. please do. Katie's really funny. <laughs> yes, she is. Hey, thanks again for listening, and until next time... Be nice to animals. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazing caribou studios. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah